3: Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, your host. This is episode two four eight, I think, something like that. There's no timeline when these shows come out now, so you better put your notifications on if you want to not get caught out by the My Old Man Said podcast. But joining me, as usual, Mr. Chris Bird, Mr. Phil Shaw. Welcome. Hello, sir. How are you? Hello. Well, you know, because we had a coffee together earlier on today. Are you still good? <laughs> yep, still good. <laughs> Glad to hear it. <laughs> Phil Shaw, how are you doing more to the point?
4: I'm okay. I went into the,
3: the big city of Belfast and just
4: had, had a drink and just it was amazed at how many congratulations. Congratulations.
3: Oh. I, I left the, the rural bliss of my room. Uh, so the, all the bees are cleared up and everything. That's a chapter, it's, closed chapter now, is it? hopefully closed my life forever so have you paint repainted the wall or whatever uh they were on attached yeah, to re- replaced the roof felt that was the the damage ah, really, left okay. it all stained with honey excitement on the my oh man said podcast phil shaw has replaced his roof felt <laughs> right uh, <laughs> coming up in the show we'll go through all the latest filler news there's been bits and pieces we'll also tackle the three points more neymar I think he's in every other three points, isn't he? Yeah. Then we will have a look at... We haven't really touched on much in terms of the transfer uh, situation, mainly because there hasn't been one. I mean, the name of the game of this podcast is to actually give you real news... So you are better informed rather than just uh, doing content for content's sake, just to get some ad revenue and the stuff that's actually happening. uh, It seems a waste of time, uh, if you ask me. But we'll have a look at the picture so far. I think uh, most people would like uh, a body or two more in before we uh, jet off to uh, the States. But uh, we will see what's happening. We'll look at the uh, the latest update on the Europa Conference League situation, because there's everybody's they're, they're looking at the the calendar for when this uh tournament starts and and most teams are basically kind of dodging stuff trying not to get banned and that includes Aston Villa as well <laughs> the hardest thing about this tournament is actually not getting banned before it starts I think once you're in it it's a piece of cake we should win it <laughs> as long as we don't get banned but uh, more on that uh, later, and then we'll we'll finish off with some media muppetry. Right, time for some news. Should we talk about the Test match, Wimbledon, or Villa news? Well, neither of those other sports are going very well, so maybe just
0: keep it in the Villaverse.
3: Start off with some bad news. Jacob Ramsey is understood to, according to Gregory Evans, and sometimes he's a bit hit and miss on injuries, but uh, he's calling it a broken metatarsal. But uh, 10 weeks out, he's not going to be ready for the start of the season, is he? Highly unlikely, you would think, mm-hmm. if that is the, uh, the injury. It's a shame because I was liking the cut of his jib actually. At the end of the season, he was great, wasn't he? Every week he was turning up with a big moment. Because uh... he was giving Emery something to think about. You know, I think I said a couple of shows ago that Villa fans, when they're you know, the football manager types who were like going, right, let's spend 60 million on him, 50 million on him. The first person that's disposable is Ramsey because he doesn't have that price tag. He's never had a price tag But Ramsey's doing things that uh, you know he's a banker now, and uh, to get somebody to replace him, they've got to be really good. He's starting to become dependable in terms of popping up. I mean, in terms of his assists and goals that last season, I mean, he did more than his quota or his expected quota. So this is a big shame. Uh, Him and Moreno uh, are missing from the early preseason, which I think two players that give a freshness to our first 11 our team i alluded to it uh, seconds ago uefa have cracked down on this multiple club ownership this is a super gray area the premier league need to look look into it all the saudis have created is just to create a massive loophole for the bigger boys with their saudi ties well, Chelsea and uh, Newcastle to get around uh, financial fair play at will, almost, and really blatantly, it needs to be looked at. But uh, meanwhile, this dual club ownership, of course, when Villas, or V Sport, should I say, uh, where's Eden's and the Seafs company bought quite a sizable stake in uh, Victoria, the, the Portuguese team, of course, they were going to be in the same tournament straight away. <laughs> Which causes uh, potential conflicts. Also, uh, is it Mel- AC Milan and Toulouse are owned by the same person, and Brighton's owner has a stake in uh, Union? Is it SG the the Belgium team? Yeah, I didn't notice
4: um, football finance expert Kieran Maguire saying nothing about that one. No, he just likes to get his digs in at Perslow, doesn't he?
3: <laughs> so this has created a problem. I mean, I, I've I've spoke to Johan Lang about this partnership, or let's say. Uh, both clubs being under the same owner, but, well, shall we we say the owner having a stake in in, uh, the Portuguese club? And as I mentioned on the show before, it didn't seem to be like this, the way they paint it... Overtly, as oh, yeah, we'll be able to, you know, swap players and swap intel. And it, it was more painted like there's the immediate advantages would be scouting, sharing ideas, and getting around, especially with the whole Brexit situation and the working uh, visa situation in terms of players sometimes struggling to get visas unless they've played for international teams, etc. Portugal has better access to like South America. So, in terms of the, the kind of visa situation, that's where it was. Is a big plus so it's more of a long game uh, in that respect so you know you're talking about uh, a year two years down the line but when you look at what uh, UEFA are saying it's saying the clubs will not be able to use joint scouting or player database I mean I, how do you uh, place that? Jesus Christ. Anybody, anybody <laughs> that buys football
4: manager has a joint scouting database
3: with them? Yeah, the world. pretty much. Clubs will not enter into any kind of cooperation, joint technical or commercial agreements. Clubs will not be able to transfer players to each other, whether permanently or on loan, directly or indirectly, until September 2024. This is only because we're in the same tournament. But then you look at uh, Red Bull, Salzburg, Leipzig, they've played each other in the same bloody tournament. And they've played a few times in the same tournament. I mean, and they rejig their staff. And that's exactly what, obviously, V Sports downsized their sh- share by, is it like 90%? Pretty so hefty, they've yes, obviously looked decrease. at the, uh, the Red Bull situation and, and considered themselves, well, we're nothing like that. And yet here we are. So I don't know, something that needs uh, clarification, really, because there's worse... The, the financial fair play specter of what the clubs can do with the, the I mean, Newcastle, if you suddenly see Mark, Matt Target going off to play in Saudi Arabia for 20 million, you know it, it smells.
4: Oh, he'll, he would burn horribly in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> can you imagine? Meanwhile,
3: we did a, a show dedicated to this. Me and Bud went to the public consultation about the rejig of the North Stand uh, Stroke Villa Park plans i mean cuz it's a rejig and, and in principle the uh, north stand development has already been given planning permission this should be a formality and it should be done and dusted by the end of the year and they'll they'll get cracking uh, at the end of the year in terms of uh, not necessarily on the north stand but uh, on that car park side and the academy etc there's a, there's a lot of there's about six months of prep isn't there but anyway all, all the information everything you need to know is in uh, that podcast the one we did before this because we actually did we didn't just turn up take some pictures of the, the boards and uh, disappear after 10 minutes we, we chatted in depth to uh, most of the uh, the parties involved in this so got some proper insights obviously you know use these conversations to also uh, get some insights on other things as well so check that out. I mean, we put that out. So instead of people just mouthing off on Twitter without any real information, I, you know, wanted to basically provide you with all the information to then make uh, proper opinions rather than just saying, oh, this is a downgrade or whatever. Actually, it's just uh, it's kind of a reappropriation, isn't it? It's maybe boxing a bit smarter. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, as I said in show, the show, the you know, the macroeconomic situation, it's such bad timing. But also the the, the rail thing's still a battle. That whole train station, the whole rail, the infrastructure is still an ongoing battle. That hasn't been won yet. That's not a villa problem. You know,
0: I saw somebody had put up a, I think it was in a, on a Discord server that somebody put, oh yeah, the person I spoke to said it's 95% certain. I'm like, that sounds so ambitious. That sounds like total bollocks
3: to me because none of them said anything of that sort to us. There has been a signing. Aston Villa women have actually uh, reinforced their troops by uh, getting West Ham defender Lucy Parker in. I think she played a couple of seasons with West Ham, and she's Yeah, 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 she's featured in the England squad. uh, Didn't make the World Cup squad, but uh, it has been Mm -hmm. knocking on the door. Speaking of the World Cup squad, Jordan Nobbs and Rachel Daly have flown out down under. So that World Cup is on the horizon there. So hopefully Daly starts actually and carries on her uh, Villa form. And stays injury free. Yeah, yeah, that's the big thing in it. <laughs> just a big shout out to the My Man said members for, as always, supporting the show, and that's why we make the effort of going to you know things like this public consultation just to get proper information. Special thanks to a duo of gentlemen, Mister Adam Redman, for joining us as a member. In the, in the last day or two, and also Brett Astle for signing up as an annual member. If you sign up as an annual member, you do get 10% off, which is just over a month free, and when you support My oh said as a member, you get access to ad-free shows, which is increasingly uh, a very useful thing. Gets rid of the sponsors as well. It's it's the pure My oh said dosage. And extra shows, there's a lot more of those coming. And... Membership of the greatest community in the Villaverse Match Club. So please do go to myallmansed.com and click on the membership link and get more details and join us there. Thank you very much. All right, three points. UEFA, well, they've also been kicking Villa's ass over this multi-ownership situation. Thanks to Football Supporters Europe, which is a group that I know uh, pretty well. Actually, been on a couple of their get-togethers uh, or seminar uh, get-togethers, which they have uh, annually. One was in Belgium, one was in Belfast. So I know exactly, you know, what they do. And well, my own man said is actually a member of them, but they've managed to lower the away ticket price cap which was 35 euros it's now 25 euros so Villa fans will be getting a better deal than the West Ham fans but the main thing is there is a cap there because previously and this across the Champions League I mean this cap isn't for the Champions League but in the Champions League and the Europa League there has been many situations where uh, away fans have been fleeced shall we say more so than the home fans so it's just yeah
0: especially by clubs in you know London. I mean if
3: you're going to the trouble to follow your team in Europe or abroad at least have cheap tickets and not get ripped off is the the bottom line there right point number two I think we mentioned the Brentford coach was the first woman's, I think she was managing, was it under 21s or something, the academy? Yeah. Was the first female coach in the in the Premier League uh, men's team. And point number two, uh, Duncan F- Ferguson, that famous vegetarian, has, hmm. uh, if you saw his intro uh, interview, you'll know what I'm talking about. He's already been relieved of his duties at Forest Green's men's team. And while uh, they rustle up a replacement, Hannah Dingley, who is actually the the female academy manager, isn't she? She is now stepping in to take charge of uh, the men's team, which is the first time a female has took charge of a professional men's team in English football. So the wheels are moving very quick in terms of equality. What did she say about it?
4: She said that
3: while it's the first
4: and it's great, she doesn't want to be the first and the only. She says she was slightly disappointed as to being the first female academy manager, that she's still the only female academy manager. So
3: if we want the change to happen, we need more females in these positions throughout clubs. Well, the Brentford one uh, isn't over one, surely. Well, she, she I can't remember her name, but it was uh, that was one of the three points uh, a few weeks ago. Point number three... Phil Shaw, I think he subscribes to some kind of Neymar uh, fan site because it's <laughs> Neymar's back in. He's been fined, point number three, he's been fined for an environmental breach. What's, what's he been doing?
4: Well, he's been building a, a coastal mansion in southeastern
3: Brazil for himself. Well, hold on a minute. Is this the money that was left to him by that guy? <laughs> 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 let's link up these stories shall we it, it actually you just thought it would be like a like a, a shoebox under the bed of some kind of stuff that he why why would he want that it was actually three million and a third dollars or 16 million riyadh was it yeah that this guy left him
4: <laughs> well i mean the the luxury project violated the rules regarding the use of fresh water sources yeah so now margaret found because he was building a lake at this mansion Um, The authorities said that the luxury project violated rules regarding the use and movement of freshwater sources, rock and
3: sand. Is he just building like a moat around uh, the house, or what? We need to see the planning permission on this. I
4: think we do. Maybe get him over for a bit of consultation at Villa Park and see.
3: We need to put a moat around Villa Park. That would be good. Then you can have a drawbridge. So what's been happening, Tillemans is in, we're still waiting for Mr. Torres to come. There was a school of thought that it would have been this week. I mean, he's just got married and uh, he's been on holiday. So it's not as if he's kind of rushing to do it because as long as he's on the plane to America, really.
0: Or even as long as he's here for pre-season. Well, yeah, but that's basically on the plane to
3: America, isn't it? Yeah. Because that's where the, the camp is. Although it's like uh, the Premier League Summer Series kind of marketing event, uh, Villa are looking at it as a, uh, a proper camp.
4: Yeah, Torres is a uh, safari, honeymoon safari seems to be the, the, the footballer's choice this season because I've seen McGinn was on a safari as well. Yeah, did he
3: go to Zimbabwe? Yes. But anyway, in terms of... I mean, one of the needs was obviously uh, right-hand side and let's, let's call it a winger for want of a better word description or a, 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 a right-sided forward and I think there's been some... I don't know. Would do you call them red herrings or do you, do you think, think we were so, interested yeah. and we didn't really uh, have the clout? Like, for example, Harvey Barnes. This, I don't want to fill a team of too many relegated players. No, and there was the Asensio one which was never going to happen, was it? But in terms of Harvey Barnes, I mean, I haven't even followed that. Philip... No. It's, 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 that's it's a Newcastle vibe, isn't it?
4: it is. Well, I mean, it, it... He just looks to me like a, a bit of a Newcastle player. He would sort
3: of like is he no, is he going to Newcastle he, or not? He,
4: yes, he, apparently Newcastle. I
3: expect are, you with your Geordie <laughs> contacts to uh, give me uh, alpha intel on
4: this. Apparently he's, they're close to agreeing a thirty-five million fee for Harvey Barnes. But when I said he looks like a Newcastle player, he's a bit like Madison. Look like a very Spurs in. I think yeah. Barnes is a very Newcastle sin. Playing under any high, you know, high energy, intense intensity up front. I think it'll probably suit said and many probably think with Champions League football as well it's, it's probably
3: a, a good place to go because for him yeah if, if if it was down to Newcastle and Villa it's a bit like the, the Wilson thing isn't it he, mm-hmm. um, but this, but even more intensified in this respect because it's he's basically Champions League football all he has to say to them really is oh Villa have offered me this and they'll be like okay we'll match that or will sprinkle a bit of sugar on top so I would be surprised uh, if we got them and also I'd be a bit surprised uh, you you would hope that Emery and also Monchi over the you know the last let's say uh 12 months of working in Spain they would have some uh, idea of uh, prospects that probably uh, aren't going to cost uh, 30 plus mil to play in yeah. that position
0: it's a lot of money isn't it for a i mean I he's actually a player I like but not for 35 million
3: yeah I think I mean he would be functional wouldn't he in terms of mm-hmm. He's somebody who's a little bit more consistent than your your yeah. average winger. But he plays on the left, and
0: I think our left hand side's yeah. pretty well stocked anyway. If he was a right hand side player, then you'd be like, yeah, all over it, but
3: Yeah. Well I'm that's right I mean, that's the other big uh, red herring, isn't it? I mean, this is a red herring because I can't see this happening. The whole Sancho thing. I mean, he's he's on he's on a different level of wages at Manchester Why would he United. would you want to leave? Manchester United went after him big time. And he's like a marquee signing and he's not going to go oh my you know I'm going to have to go down now to uh, I'm going to have to take two steps back to take you know to get back my career so it's not it's, it's not emergency stations is it not at all and why
0: no. again why, why would you leave man you you're about to be you know, you're going to be playing in the Champions League you're going to be getting paid handsomely you, you you know they might not win anything next year but you're always going to be in the business end of the table you just
3: think why and Filler aren't going to match his wages no chance. on somebody who is not, a, you know, he's not a given, he's not a banker, is he? No. If he's, uh, no. So it's, 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 that's just, it's not logical in any way. So complete waste of time. I think uh, anybody else in terms of wingers? That
4: Well, there's, there's Leeds's winger, Willie Nonto, that Gary Neville famously had a, you know, a, a great affection for the night that Ashley Young pocketed him against Leeds. He um, played
0: well that night, to be fair. I wouldn't yeah. say pocketed him. He gave
3: well, it.
4: He
0: gave as good as he got, but mm, he had a good. Game oh, this is the Italian
3: lad. chap. Yeah. yeah, good player.
4: I think he would be a good player, but he's a live
3: wire. I think is mm-hmm. how I'd describe
0: yeah. him. Again, he's not Ooh. a banker, but he's. For the right price, you'd kind of go, mm, yeah, maybe. But why,
4: why wasn't he used? This is the thing. I mean, would Leeds, Leeds were probably going to go down anyway, but he wasn't used at all when he was needed in the last phase. This is like weeks. the Adoma
3: Traore situation, isn't it? Yeah, when yeah. Villa were in the sh- in that relegation season, it's like, well, okay, he may be a headless chicken, but we're not doing anything. Just play the – because he, when he was on the pitch, remember that Carlos Hill goal where he just burnt through the – and he set up that wonder goal. Yeah, played a big part in that and he just thought sure. why isn't he playing yeah but Everton are in for him as well now apparently
4: Everton have no money to spend so you would think choice between Villa and Everton Nonto you would think would fancy Villa
3: yeah but the question is does Emery fancy Nanto and
4: anybody else well I just threw Chiesa in there because I want Keiza I think i would be bold but that's not going to happen either he's le- I think he's level above Villa even with the injury that he had
3: well is he going to go anywhere
4: he's at Juventus at the minute Juventus have the same level European football as Villa Juventus are trying to trim or their do squad. They? well this is the thing he, if he's really desperate to play in the conference league I think Villa could <laughs> offer him that, <laughs> <I think laughs> that <he> route <laughs> no but um, Keys is one like I said if, if before that injury I think he was destined for some of the very top clubs but he hasn't really recovered from that injury the same so but it, it could be one that it would be a marquee signing, a bit like the Asensio one if Emery really wanted him he could have a go
3: what was the? There was another link to a centre back, wasn't there? In the past yes. week, who was it? I can't remember. I just, I just my brain just dismissed it instantly because you yeah. think. what no Do we need? Don't these writers kind of actually think about the logic of it, it made no sense whatsoever
4: it's as well. Was um, Roger Ibanez Roma center back when I yeah. were 25 million roughly
3: oh yeah good one yeah that was yeah that was one of those clickbait shitty sites where they they're saying yeah Villa are going to really going to keep dropping 25 to 30 million on center backs for the hell of it i mean it makes no sense at all and but they're getting away with it because you know, most people just want to read anything.
2: Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
3: I mean, forwards, has has been nothing really, has there, in terms of... No. So you're wondering if Villa are going to go with Archer as uh, and Duran, but I'm I'm not sitting comfortably with that. Not yet. With the European thing thrown in, because if Watkins gets injured for, you know, let's say a month, two months, you haven't got anything, have you? No, apart from no. Wesley. No. You've got no insurance policy, it's a, really. It's a really
0: difficult one, isn't it, to, in terms of who to bring in, because... They they would be coming in knowing that Watkins is the main man. Villa play alone lone striker, which is why yeah. I think they would push for a wide player who can also play up front as a sort of you know is a more versatile option.
3: Yeah, because how are you selling how are you selling Villa to to a, like an out and out striker? Best you can say is competition to Watkins, but yeah, it's not a good sell. It's hard. It's hard to get that right man who you will uh, fill in, or you know who you're looking to say. Oh well, you get you know you get Europa Conference League games. It's not an easy. No. Easy man to pick up because you are never got to go better than Watkins, and I don't think they probably will. Watkins is kind of a unique player in terms of what he does for the team at large. Mm-hmm. So it's a tough one. I'm kind of interested to see how that one plays out. As we said before, really, I think if, if, if Emery had known he'd been playing Europe next season
0: as a guarantee, it's perhaps likely that Danny Ings wouldn't have been let out the door. <laughs> you
3: never know on that one. But, you know, the Ings deal is. Fair enough, and you you yeah absolutely. You could take the money that you got back from Ings to to buy Mm -hmm. a a player that would be a let's say a decent understudy. But yeah, will a player come to the club knowing that? I mean, I'm not sure if I thought he was out of contract. It might that might be wrong, but
0: I thought that. Ian Atcho from Leicester was potentially available now if he was on the market because obviously they went he went down with them. He's the kind of player who I'd actually bring in
3: because I mm. really like him. But then you've also got that thing, are they good enough if Watkins is out for, you know, 2 3 months? Are they good enough to uh, lead the line? Make you feel confident that they can lead the line? That's that's the other it's it's a True. kind of a real grey area. It's a bit of yeah. a it's a tricky one. But you're hoping that Archer and Duran step up a bit but again as i said you need another body in and i think as you said it could be a player that's also uh, you know plays on the right a hybrid option hybrid option yeah you can actually when you you know you're courting them say oh you can play alongside watkins and also you can play up front as well mm-hmm. so they they know the the road isn't blocked 100% in terms of outs we've got a few players i think that may be deadline day candidates Yes. Yeah. A lot of talk about Nakamba going to Luton, and people saying no, oh, it's 99% done. You know, if you're reading some of the Luton sites, let's say a couple of weeks ago. But let's not forget, they've got to drop a shed load of cash to uh, renovate Kenilworth Road just to get it up to Premier League standard. Mm-hmm. and you know how Nor- what Norwich did when they popped up you know they just said well, we're, just, we're going to run like a business we're not going to be throwing money desperately just to try to stay up here and Norwich you would say are a much bigger sort of
0: entity than Luton this is Luton have really punched above their weight to be where they are so yeah they can set themselves up for the next sort of foreseeable if they get you know if they don't go too mental
3: because from the player's point of view he's got Villa wages now can Luton match those will they match those and then would Nakamba take a pay cut could it yeah. be another loan they probably could do that actually because that's the sweet deal because he gets paid the same Villa will play pay a percentage of his wage And he can't play against us anyway. So that is, it's a compromise, but not the worst scenario. Nope. But then, you know, you're in that position where his, you know, his contract's winding down. And his value at the moment
0: is probably as high as it's going to be, especially in the eyes of Luton.
3: Yeah, so if you can make that deal happen on a permanent, you'd prefer that because you can't see him playing Emery ball, can you? No. Surely
0: not. I mean, he'll get a bit of a pre-season when I'm sure Emery will want to have a look at him, but you just you can't see where he'd
3: fit in. He's not a slick passer no. by any means. No, no, no. Sanson, Sanson should take care of himself. Yeah, at this point. Although, again, it's the problem with Premier League wages. When players come from France... Or the Belgium league, or double the money, or Dutch they? league, they just, yeah. So it's not as if like they're going to go. Oh yeah, I'll go back to France for half the the pay. You know, this isn't a few quid. This is like masses of cash. So you, as a player, you'd be like, well, I'll rot on the bench and and take my money and uh, just go out on loan again. So again, he, he may be just going out on loan until the end of his contract. That might be the the, the yeah. only, uh, probably the best case scenario for Villa. Although they haven't backed away from terminating contracts and taking it on the chin, have they?
0: No, they haven't done deals like they did with McCormack, where it's just like just pay him off and get him out the door.
3: Mm. But they did it with Lansbury,
0: yep. And again, like
4: you're rather than terminating a contract like Sanson, if if some team's going to take on the majority of his wages, you're probably better to do it.
0: Yep. Yeah. And then you've got, you know, you've got other loan guys, haven't you? you got people like Keenan Davis, who you'd think will go out either on a permanent or another loan. You've got Courtney Boars. Let's
3: talk about the big ones rather than uh, yesterday's men. Den Donker. Talk that he's potentially on his way out and the price is, it'll be north of 10 mil. I think if you can get some of his feedback, you probably do the deal. I'd personally keep him, but but he's also on the situation with his wages. I don't know if he uh, would be on like super wages. I mean, I'd be, be interested in good money because he was at Wolves for
0: a while, so even if you just level in it,
3: he'll still be on sort
0: of you know 60 70 plus. I'd have thought.
3: I mean, if he looks at the situation now with Tillemans coming in, if he wants to play football, but you know, again, he's getting paid a lot, so what's he, the he'd situation? He'd probably get games in Europe, it depends what he, he wants would. to do so I I wouldn't be surprised if he's still on the books I mean it's not as if I'm desperate to get rid of him but Chambers I would imagine would be you've got to get rid of one of those at least I think and I think Chambers might be easier especially because of the fact he can play right back centre back
0: you know to be fair for somebody like a Luton for example that would probably be a really good signing yeah or a, new, a newly promoted team or someone like that.
3: But again, a lot of these are like from the players' point of view because a lot of them, yeah. their best payday is just stick around. Yep. And
0: if they're happy to be here, I would keep them because you do need the numbers in terms of rotation for Europe and everything else. Now we're going to be, especially in the first half of the season, you're going to be fighting on a few fronts.
3: Yeah, the Tillemans thing has thrown a spanner in the work for the likes of uh, Dendonka. I'd say primarily. I think Sanson... Yeah, he's done any at the club. He's been, you know, three managers of look, and nobody's interested. And Nakamba, he's not going to be a uh, a returning man. And, you know, players like Truore, you would imagine he would be... I mean, at the moment, he's got a role because we, has, yeah. s- we still have on the bench. We haven't reinforced that right-hand side yet. So he's... He's still active in terms of he, he will be on the bench, etc. But Philo needs to be serious about uh, top four and, and really challenging. Then, you know, there's they need to upgrade that situation. In terms of uh, this, the Tyler Adams thing, I mean, never leads linked. To be honest, I don't know that much about him. No, because he, he missed a good chunk of the season for Leeds being injured. I think
4: Brighton I think, are chasing him as well so if Brighton are chasing him that's, that's probably a good sign that he's a decent player with their yeah. recent record of scouting but again I don't think there's a need for it the same way that if you're staying in the US West and McKenna yet linked with Villa again I mean he was rubbish for Leeds so there's no that's not really putting yourself in the shop
3: window Players like him there's there's a lot of clubs now with money in their pocket isn't there like uh, West Ham situation where suddenly they've had their coffers bolstered Wolves I don't think they'll go on a spending spree but they seem to be selling off their silver but they'll need to buy players and they've got the cash potentially marked to at least buy some I wonder if they're really balancing the books though
0: if it's that you know, you're taking sort of big money for your uh, you know, the Neves deal, and you actually you, that that goes back into the
3: club and not into the team, you can buy somebody for a third of the Neves yeah. money, and you are balancing the books, but you're also keeping you know the squad game. Mm-hmm. That's how that's going to play out. That they're not kind of just selling off blindly. To be fair, could Dendon could go back? Uh, I, I don't. They wouldn't. I don't totally think different would type happen. of player to what they need. But yeah, and the Gwendozy thing, I don't. uh if that starts to resurface, you're thinking, well, do they really need him? Is he really a massive upgrade? I don't know if he is. No, I
4: think the Tillemans one should have put an end to the Gwendoza yeah. rumours. So I think his time to come was January. If they could have done a deal in January, it would have been over. But...
3: And I think Tillemans is the better deal, obviously, because it's uh, a freebie. Yeah. In, in terms of the transfer fee anyway. And that just kind of leaves the right back situation. And there hasn't been any real new buzz on that, has there? No. No, because it, it feels like an obvious one,
0: doesn't it? With Ashley, we said the other, the last show didn't we? With Ashley Young out the door and Kesler out on loan,
3: yeah, you've got Matty Cash and That's basically it. They've basically signposted that we are interested in a right back, and yep. I am sure agents are knocking on the door. I am thinking La Liga would probably be the uh, mm-hmm. the pool that their right back comes from because we need it needs to be a specific type of right back, technically really good, quick, quick, and it's got La Liga written all over it. I think. Well, that would be the obvious. Uh, I'd agree
0: with that. You look; you're basically looking for a Marais now on the right hand
3: side, aren't you? Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's a that, lazy, lazy mm-hmm. observation, but it's it is pretty much the the right one. Well, that's the the profile anyway. Yeah. And maybe
4: that's why the transfer rumours are quite quiet because of most of the the scouting and work is being done in La Liga. I mean, you, you just know the, the press, sort of the UK press, aren't going to bother doing the digging really in it. So it's going to it's probably going to come out of the blue if it does. Well, come. It's, I, I think
3: it's more they they can't. There's not many journalists that are actually digging around on that level. That's why there's been, you know, recent uh, memory, there's been a lot of surprises because there isn't, uh, I mean, you know, that's, uh, what's his name, Fabrizio. Yeah, Romano. Romano actually does a good job. But I mean, he, you know, he, he's obviously scanning a lot of other people's work and he takes some tap-ins, but he seems to be somebody who actually works on it properly. It was still holiday time. That's one of the reasons why there hasn't been yeah. a, a flurry of players coming in. It will start to uh, heat up a little bit the Torres it's all sorted out mm-hmm. and then uh, go from there but there are teams with money in the pocket now and there's been a few big signings that have I think have enabled teams so uh, we'll we'll see what happens there's a couple of like the Nakamba and the, the Sanson thing and then Donka I mean these are potentially and probably Chambers as well probably late in the window in terms of outgoings
0: yeah because they're not players you'd think are going to have like you know big high profile you know clubs chasing them as it were or you know a big bidding war to get them I wouldn't imagine
3: yeah and, and sometimes the spur of the moment like oh chambers we've had an offer and it's like 80% of what you're probably earning now but you'll be playing regularly and they might just in the spur of the moment go ah, oh, shit let's do it yeah yeah and you, you factor in of course that it, the window shuts you know, after the season
0: started you've got a couple of weeks where you know you sometimes get like a first day injury or you know clubs have to move quickly on something if they have a, you know, yeah. like a crisis or whatever
3: yeah, anyway, in terms of an uh, update on the uh, the Euro situation, uh, Assasino was actually confirmed by UEFA as punted out to be replaced by Bilbao. But Assasino are appealing, and this appeal could be like, after the playoff draw, so both teams might be punted. That was one theory that I uh, saw. Yeah, the draw is on the seventh of August, so this really needs to be uh, wrapped up before that. Juventus' decision seems to be the end of next week, so that's the that's the bigger one, isn't it? Really, because that will basically, if they get banned, and it looks like that way, then Villa will be guaranteed a seeded place in the playoff, which should get the ball rolling and and set us up nicely. And it gets rid of what you would consider as the favourites as well. Yeah. yeah, especially
0: if, if they if they can be bothered.
3: Even though I wanted their head on the spike, and yes, <laughs> you know, were, were they, would they be up for it if you know if they got through all the group stages? Then obviously it becomes a different tournament when you get into the final knockout rounds because everybody's in it to win it, aren't they?
4: Yeah, look at West, West Ham. I mean, nobody really paid any attention to them until it got to the knockout stages.
3: Yeah, right. Time for medium puppets. <laughs> Right, Mr. Shaw, what is in the trough this week? Uh, I think we skipped it last week, so is it swilling?
4: It's, it's really swelling. I mean, you could fill whole, whole shows with what's in the medium of the trough, transfer rumours and everything else, but I've went for Danny Murphy saying his old pal Stephen Gerrard is going to coach in Saudi Arabia to improve his coaching.
0: Oh, is that his motivation, is it? Of course it is, yeah. Yes, isn't that
4: everybody's <laughs> motivation for going there, to improve few, their coaching? A few coaching, hundred thousand
0: motivations a week.
4: Improve their playing ability and everything else.
3: You told me before the show, he was. Is he the 11th highest paid manager in football? Apparently (laughs) so.
4: The 11th highest paid manager in world football. Wow. I wonder if that was a motivation. Mm -hmm. Jose Mourinho apparently earns £1,000 a week more than him. So that's the level he's on. He's on the level of Jose. Ridiculous. 155,000. Yeah. He's going to earn 16 million in his contract term over there. So, of course, Danny Murphy says the only reason he's going over there is to improve his uh, coaching ability, which, to be fair, he didn't need to do after his spell at Villa. Danny Murphy said it's ludicrous in some ways to talk about it, but he was wanting a football project that he, he could have some sort of benefit from and actually learn something and improve his coaching. What I would say is that if you, you don't have any other opportunities and you're not working and you're not practicing your skill, you're not coaching anyone, whether it's Liverpool under 18s, whether it be Saudi, wherever, if you're sat in your backside doing nothing, you're not learning anything, you're not honing your talents. So, Gerard's not honing his talents because nobody wants him. I mean, they've, they've seen what he did to Villa, and the Emery coming in afterwards and showing what you can do with the same players just shows you how bad a job Gerard did. So, he's not getting the jobs because nobody wants him.
3: So, my question to you, too, is if you were Gerard and let's say you didn't need any money whatsoever. And your prime focus was on improving as a coach because ultimately you wanted to—I don't know—manage Liverpool or England or whatever. Who would you go to now? What would be the move that realistically, a you'd be accepted, and b would help you if you were, you know, if you had some ability? I think if the
0: job had been available to him, someone like a Leicester would have been a would have been a really good gig for him because you're going to go down there. You still, even though they've lost a few players, you're still going to be strong. You're going to get backed and you can learn in the championship.
4: I think he, I think he needs to go to Wrexham.
0: <laughs>
4: because I mean, he's for go- a
3: laugh, I would have said uh, to Celtic. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine.
4: Oh uh, well, no, if he goes to Wrexham, his, his face is still over the place, isn't it? If he goes to Wrexham, he'd still be on. He'd still True. His, it would feed his ego and he would have the best players in, the, in any division he's in, so he couldn't possibly fail
3: that's i mean that's the kind of lampard thing isn't it and the rooney thing where you, the lowest you can kind of go i think a lot of it is probably ego is and also you don't want to you want to be able to fast track to the big time as a manager so the championship is probably the lowest they go isn't yep. it yeah yeah especially
0: like the, you know, the bigger the bigger championship sides
3: but the thing is the championship is a potential graveyard isn't it it, ha- it has, has it's t- not t- easy t- to t- get out yep other than the guys who were like, you know, you of know, you your
0: Warnocks and these guys who were relative specialists at getting league teams out of those leagues.
3: Look at all those managers that lined up for Villa and <laughs> failed miserably. What would I do if I was him? Uh, I mean, personally, I'd be, right, see you later, I'm off to the MLS.
0: I think he knows that he goes over there with, Big money, you'll get to spend money, and and he gets profile from this one, even if it's just in the short term. If it's only he's only over there a year, well,
3: going the money. Is you can't turn that down if no. you got if you if you have to ask that question, what I've just said, and you're like um and an ah in, then you you might as well take the money. Yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. hope he doesn't lose his head, <laughs> Phil. Sure, Phil. Sure. Right, let's end with a media nugget. This is a fantastic media nugget. This is probably one of my favourite
4: ever. It was from BBC journalist Jonathan Wilson. He says, The last time England reached an under our European under-21 final was in 2009 when they lost to Germany. Six of Germany's Germany squad went on to win the World Cup. Seven of the England squad went on to play for Sunderland.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> what does that tell us about uh, playing for England in 21? It's still uh, a bit unconnected isn't it it's not pathway doesn't quite connect even though southgate is england boss because he was under mr under 21s and he was the idea was the continuity to build that pathway to turn it into a conveyor belt like the germans managed it hasn't really worked that way has it although i suppose it's a bit closer i mean there's a lot more younger blood in there i would say
4: yeah it just seems to be that stat about seven of them went on to play for Sunderland. Yeah. They were probably picked on name and club reputation back then. Yeah. didn't quite make it and ended up at Sunderland
3: right we will uh, move on uh, I will be doing a uh, off the record show based on uh, a concern I think we've mentioned it on the on the show before about uh, putting all the eggs in the Emery basket something that uh, speaking to somebody at Aston Villa and they were voicing that concern as well it's a bit of a Martin O'Neill situation isn't it but uh, I'll, I'll save that for the show although this season coming I think it's it's a pure season where you can just be a Hundred percent excited about, and this is the most exciting season for Villa for a very, very long time. Because I mean, you know, we can talk about what the shelf life is as a Premier League manager. It doesn't matter. Emery's in a situation where, and Villa supporters are in a situation where we're starting a season, and we're pretty much knowing, unless he's a makes a complete tit of it, you know, we'll get a full season with him, and we'll see if we're cooking on gas or not. And obviously, we've got that European tournament which gives us our best chance of winning something for a very long time because we don't have to deal with Manchester City, Liverpool, Manchester United, etc.
0: And it feels like we're going on a bit of an adventure this year rather than sort of kind of going through the motions at times.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, off, off the field things, you know, badges and rebuilds and all that kind of stuff that's happening. But actually the, the real focus it starts with the preseason because the preseason is actually pretty juicy. It is this year. We've got some good games. Yeah, yeah like we'll top get, level we'll european games yeah. two of yeah. them and that that's going to set it off nicely and I, and i i've got a feeling we're going to feel like our bellies are full in terms of You know the the amount of times on this podcast where we're going into the season and I'm saying things like, "Oh, we could." I feel like we could do with two more weeks pre-season here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, like you know, Watford the uh, well, Bournemouth. We're going to get food
4: poisoning here, guys, this season. That that, I remember (laughs) that game against Slernatana at what 24 hours' notice, and they turned up. That wasn't enough to get anyone ready.
3: Yeah, so hopefully, because you've got three Premier League games in uh, the states, and then the two decent european opposition before we kick off we should be ready we shouldn't be yep. doing you know like we did got caught cold but i mean we said that uh, once we watched that manchester united game in australia it's like oh we were beating teams was it leeds and whoever else they were awful games though weren't they brisbane raw yeah but then when you saw that first half against united you just said ah, we're not ready are we and then bournemouth the club were like you know the Perslows, etc were saying oh it was such a shock that we'd never really recovered from that and, you know, I didn't, we didn't buy it, did we? It's just, no. Come on. no. Against United in that first half, you just didn't look ready. In in the face of adversity, when people are actually trying, you know, under Gerard. And that was another one where you thought, yeah, it could do with a couple more games, really. And the Watford, you know, first half of the year before was shambolic. Yeah. <laughs> the problem at the moment for Villa is these bloody injuries that are happening. Yeah, There's... I think we're relatively well covered. and um... Yeah, but you're talking two legit
0: first-teamers, aren't you? Yeah. I'm glad we haven't had a major tournament, though, as well. This summer.
3: be interesting to see what kind of business does come through the door. Right, any final words, gentlemen? Not from me. It's just obviously nice to start thinking about getting back to games as opposed to
0: transfer, tittle-tattle.
3: We're not far away, are we? That Warsaw-friendly is uh, on the horizon. The best-got-pound-land experience. (laughs) So, until the next show, it's goodbye from me.
2: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's.